One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases. And it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Noseworthy. All right, guys, we're back to finish off this discussion about my new favorite lab test called the Advanced Oxidative Stress Test. And uh, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that because uh, I go over the fundamentals of inflammation, really what that is, and it's linked to free radicals and oxidative stress and just super quick review. My apologies if you just listened to, <laughs> to part one and you're just hearing this over and over again. But basically, inflammation causes oxidative stress which is the damage that free radicals cause to your cell membranes, to your mitochondria, as well as your DNA. Those are the broad classes of the impact of inflammation and oxidative stress. And those two things are intimately relinked. We're essentially talking about uh, you know, two different sides of the same coin is how I described it. They're essentially the same thing because you can't separate them. Um, all right, so let's talk about the test itself. Um, it's a urine and a blood test. It's, again, it's called the Advanced Oxidative Stress Test. And it quantifies three, three different things. It quantifies your glutathione status, and we'll explain these coming up here. It quantifies your glutathione status. It quantifies the degree of damage that's being caused to your cell membranes. And it also quantifies the degree of damage to your DNA that's happening, again, as a result of inflammation and oxidative stress. Now, why is it important to get a handle on this? Well, you know, I can't remember where I heard the quote, but basically it says that you can't improve what you don't measure, right? So if I want to get better at um, picking an example, shooting free throws on a basketball court, <laughs> I want to get better. If I don't know how good I am, I can't devise a strategy to get better than where I am, right? So you can't, you can't improve what you don't measure. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, sure I can. I can just take anti-inflammatory stuff. Well, great. And that might help. You can load up on antioxidants. That's probably going to help. The question is not necessarily, can you improve it? The question is, how do you know when you're done? Right? And this question actually came up with a client of mine when I was on the phone with them yesterday. And we were going over the results of, of her oxidative stress test, which were not good. And we were talking about the, the relative merit of doing a strategy and then repeating this test eight or 10 weeks down the road. And she said, well, if I'm feeling better, why do I need to repeat the test? And I said, well, that's a good point. But what if you have enough control of the oxidative stress and the damage to your DNA and your cell membranes to make you feel better, but you still don't know that there's a low level of inappropriate oxidative stress and inflammation that will continue to cause problems as it accumulates over a long period of time. And she said, oh, I see your point, right? So things like pre-testing and post-testing in a circumstance like this, I think are, are very important. All right, so let's talk about glutathione, the first thing that this test quantifies. Now, you've heard me talk about glutathione before. It is the main antioxidant that protects your cells from inflammation and oxidative stress. And, and it and all antioxidants function the same basic way, which is they provide an electron to a free radical that has an unpaired electron 
in order to stabilize it so that it cannot cause damage. And then it recycles itself, glutathione in particular, recycles itself so that it can do it again. So let, let me just kind of review the, the function of antioxidants is to protect our bodies from free radicals. And I made the point in the last episode that even with good fundamental health, you still are going to create a certain amount of antioxidants. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, free radicals. And, and that means that you need to be making a, a certain amount or even taking them a certain amount of antioxidants to quench that. Now, the question quite often rises, can I take too much glutathione? Can I take too many antioxidants? And the answer, the answer is yes, right? So just even from a theoretical standpoint, you can take so many antioxidants that you drive your free radical stress down so low that you can't trigger your adaptive responses. And I didn't really dwell on this point in our last episode, but I did make the point that you need a baseline of inflammation. You need a baseline of oxidative stress to be healthy, right? So we, we understand that in order for our cells to adapt to stress, right? Here's an example. You cannot strengthen a muscle without lifting something that's too heavy for you. You, you can't increase your bone density without putting stress on your bone. All of your biological systems work this way. They have to be used and challenged and they have to be stretched to the point of their capacity to get them to adapt and thrive. So we need some antioxidants and we can take too many antioxidants. We need some inflammation. We can take too much turmeric, resveratrol, et cetera. Now everyone's appropriate dosing is going to be completely different. And that just depends on how high someone's oxidative stress and inflammatory load is. So you can adopt a strategy. Well, I'm just going to start taking turmeric, for example, and maybe I'm going to pair that with resveratrol because they both work better together. And I'm just going to keep taking a little bit more every couple of days until I feel really good. And that might be an appropriate strategy. In fact, that's something that we quite often teach in functional medicine seminars. I call it dynamic dosing because I have no idea. Like if you called me tomorrow and said, hey, let's work together. I, I have no idea how much of these things you need <laughs> until we do some investigation or perhaps do some trial and error. And this is why I love this test is because it starts to take some of the guesswork out. And, and at the very least, it gives us a baseline of information to which to make future comparisons. And again, you know, just based on the conversation I had with that lady yesterday, you need to know when you've done enough and you need to make sure that you don't overshoot your goal because having too many antioxidants is not good for you. Having too much anti-inflammatory is not good for you. Call it the Goldilocks principle, right? Too little is bad, too much is bad. You just want to be right in that sweet spot, right in the middle. And that number, how much of each of these things that somebody needs is going to vary from person to person. All right, so I'm going off a little bit of a bunny trail. Let me get back to the glutathione thing and the, and the function of antioxidants. Basically, the the analogy that we often use in, in seminars with doctors is antioxidants are like uh, personal bodyguards who have sworn an oath to take a bullet for you, right? You know, it's an, an attacker comes up with a knife and they step in front and they get stabbed instead of you. That's what an antioxidant does. And the Mac Daddy of all antioxidants is glutathione. Now that does not mean that you should ignore things like vitamin C, vitamin E, or many of the bioflavonoids or plant polyphenols that are in some of the foods that we eat, the teas that we drink, the supplements that we take. There are many, many, many different antioxidants that 
exert their own unique antioxidant power, if you will. But many of these also function to help recycle glutathione. So if we could you know, look at antioxidants and rate them in terms of importance, then certainly glutathione would, would be at the apex of the pyramid because a lot of these other antioxidants that we, we use and, and perhaps could take advantage of, they participate in some way in recycling glutathione, right? So now we make glutathione in our cells by using specific enzymes, things like uh, glutathione peroxidase, glutathione reductase, and these enzymes basically you know, connect three different amino acids together. And that's what glutathione is made up of, three amino acids. And these are glutamate, glycine, and cysteine. Our glutathione levels go down when we have too many free radicals. And either we can't produce enough or we can't recycle enough to keep pace with whatever oxidative stress we have. Right? So in, in other words, inflammation and free radicals tend to deplete your glutathione levels and sometimes simply taking uh, something like N-acetylcysteine helps because cysteine availability controls how much glutathione that you can make. It's the rate limiting step in the production pathway, assuming you don't have things like genetic polymorphisms and the enzymes that are, are trying to produce it for you. Now, again, less commonly, some people may have one of these genetic variants and it can potentially reduce their ability to make glutathione on their own, which means supplementation in that case is absolutely necessary. And, and in that case, it wouldn't be any different than me telling you, if you truly have Hashimoto's and you are hypothyroid, you're going to have to take thyroid medications at some point because you simply cannot make enough for all your cells to respond to thyroid hormones appropriately. So sometimes there's a hard block. There's a hard stop in how much of something you can make, and you must take it, either medication or supplementation. So this, this test, as it relates to glutathione, the oxidative, advanced oxidative stress test checks for two things, again, as it relates to glutathione. Number one, it, it tests your total glutathione levels, and it tests the percentage of that total that is available to help fight free radicals. Because at any given moment, all of the glutathione in your body exists in two different forms. One form that is ready to work, it's ready to take a bullet for you or to get stabbed for you as your personal bodyguard. Or it exists in the form where it has been expended. You know, a, a bodyguard, forgive the, the lack of graphic imagery, or not the lack of, but forgive the graphic imagery and description, but a, a bodyguard who's lying on the floor with a bullet or a knife in him or her because they've already given their life for you, right? That's the difference. So again, glutathione exists in one of two forms, one that's ready to go, one that has already been used and needs to be recycled, right? Under normal circumstances, over 90, just over 99% of your total glutathione should be ready to go. It should be waiting to give its life for you. And only 1% or less should be should have already expended themselves and are waiting to be recycled. And, and this ensures that you have plenty of active glutathione on board in your cells to protect your cells from this oxidative stress and the damage caused by inflammation. So you can run into problems two ways here. Either your total glutathione levels are too low, given the level of inflammation and oxidative stress you have, or you have too much spent glutathione as a percentage of the whole 
that has not yet been recycled or is incapable of being recycled, right? So it is possible to have enough total glutathione, but the balance between the active and the spent glutathione is reduced, or let's say the balance is off, right? Either is going to reduce your ability to protect your cells. So that's the, the glutathione piece, you know, quite shortly. As it relates to cell membrane damage, because that's the one of the, the second of the three things that this test looks for, um, there is one test that's been used for many years to assess this, and this is called F2 isoprostanes. F2 isoprostanes. And let me back up just a step here. All of your cells have a membrane that forms the outer structure of the cell, and that keeps all of the guts of the cell inside, right? All of the inner cells are contained so that they don't leak out into the environment. That's what the cell membrane does. And the cell membrane is made up of fats and proteins. Uh, proteins are embedded in this fatty substance. You may have heard the term the bilipid layer. That's kind of what we're talking about. So this membrane made up of fats and proteins helps the cell membrane stay flexible. And that allows for things like nutrients and hormones and other things to come in and out of the cell. And it also allows the cell to send and receive biological signals. I, I mentioned in the first episode uh, or the first part of this, um, the, the process of cell communication, right? This is how cells talk to each other and how systems stay connected. But sometimes the types of fats that get used to make up the fatty part of your cell membrane, they're not the greatest, right? And these basically come from your diet. So if your diet is made up of mostly unhealthy fats, um, then over time your cells replace the healthy fats with unhealthy ones and the cell membrane becomes stiff and things don't flow into and out of the cell as well as they should. And this impairs cell communication which means the function goes down. And so when you have these unhealthy healthy fats inside your cell membranes, then the inflammation and oxidative stress causes damage to them. It causes oxidation of the fatty or the lipid portion of your cell membrane. And we can pick that up by testing for or measuring these things called F2 isoprostanes. This is a well-established classic marker of cell membrane damage. And, and so it's very simple. If you have cell membrane damage, your F2 isoprostane levels are higher than they should be. And that means some combination of too much unhealthy fat in your diet, too little healthy fat in your diet, and or low antioxidant status. And one of the major players here is the glutathione that we just talked about. Remember, all antioxidants help, but glutathione is the main one that we're concerned about. Not that we ignore the other ones, right? And in, in fact, we have several several studies, and this will highlight the importance of something like glutathione status, is that we have many studies in different fields that show that things like leaky gut doesn't happen until the glutathione levels in, this, in the gut cells become compromised. And, and we don't see progression of things like um, dementias or Parkinson's disease until the neuronal glutathione levels are compromised. So knowing your total status and the balance between reduced and, or let's say active and spent glutathione is important. And also knowing whether or not your cells are being damaged in the cell membrane, which impairs the cell communication and functionality. That's another piece of the puzzle. All right. Third and final piece is damage to your DNA. It, and the story is very similar here, right? When, when that happens, when we, when we have DNA damage, we can measure an increase in a marker called 8-hydroxy-2-deoxyguanosine. 
uh, and guanosine is one of those um, nucleosides that I talked about earlier that are the you know basically the building blocks of your DNA. And, and because the story is so similar, and we've already talked about the concept of oxidative stress basically is like bad code or or putting a virus in the code that runs the software of your computer, the concept is pretty much identical, right? When you have inflammation and oxidative stress that you can't control, what ends up happening is that um, you can actually do a couple of different things. Number one, you can break the DNA strands. And remember, the DNA contains the information that tells the cells what to do and how to do it. And so you can break the information code right? It's called DNA strand breaking. Or imagine if, uh, if you were a hacker again, and you could go into some computer software and take out a line or two of code and replace it with your own malicious stuff, then it changes how the software operates. It either shuts it down or it makes it, uh, you know, put out gibberish. And, and this is not good from a DNA standpoint, again, because the DNA is the software that runs the hardware, which is your body. And when we look at longevity studies and anti-aging studies and studies of degenerative diseases, not only do we see persistently elevated, sometimes just low grade, but constantly elevated inflammation, markers of oxidative stress, we see mitochondrial dysfunction, we see damage to cell membranes, we see damage to the DNA as evidenced by these markers included in this test, right? And the only way to stop the damage to your DNA or your cell membranes ultimately is to find and fix any and all sources of inflammation and oxidative stress. And in reality, that's what this entire podcast is about. Um, and I, if you've not listened to my most recent mini series, <laughs> I say mini series jokingly, because there's a lot of episodes in there where I talked about the functional hierarchy of health. I basically go through all the main things in, in relationship to health and human metabolism that can go wrong so that you start to develop an awareness of where all this stuff can come from. But, but either way, you have to ensure optimal glutathione levels and, and you have to support the ability to take spent glutathione and recycle it back into an active, ready-to-go form of that. And, and you know, using a blend of antioxidants and herbal compounds that can reduce, perhaps reverse, damage to cell membranes, mitochondria, and the DNA that's already been done. Being able to quantify that, I think, gives us a particular advantage as we're trying to craft the wellness that we're all seeking for so diligently. At the end of the day, and we'll, we'll take, bring this episode to a close here, like this is a valuable test. Like I said in, in the beginning of the last episode, this has very quickly become one of my favorite tests to run because it gives me visibility and quantification of things that I was only guessing about before, right? It, it, gained, it gives me insight into the balance between inflammation, oxidative stress, and how well someone is protecting their cells, their mitochondria, and their DNA from damage. And I know it's happening to you, right? If you're listening to this, it's because you have issues and you suspect inflammation is a problem. The question for you is how bad is it? <laughs> and are you in control of it instead of the other way around? So again, just to remind you, if you're interested in the, in the test, you can use the link in the description to access my lab shop. You can order that test for yourself. Uh, again, you get it very close to the same price that I would uh, offer to the, my one-on-one -on -one clients. Alternatively, if you feel like you're overwhelmed and, and this is like you're, 
you're starting to see the big picture, but you feel overwhelmed and, and maybe you feel like you can't navigate your way through all this stuff. There's a, a link in my, in the episode description, you can reach out to me on my website and you can say, Hey, I might want to talk and you can schedule an initial consult. We can talk about your goals, your health history, and I'll be able to tell whether or not uh, I can help you. And I guarantee I will be honest with you. All right, guys, hit that subscribe button, share this episode with somebody, you know, and once again, thanks for listening.